Welcome back, detectives. Let's dive right back into part two of The Nancy Drew Drink Book Number Three, The Bungalow Mystery, featuring Casey Dollavalley. Nancy shows off all of her souvenirs mm -hmm. to um, to Laura, and Laura shows off, what, a bunch of jewelry, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and then Nancy does something that I think is, like, in service of the mystery, it's fine, but as far as, like, treating other people mm -hmm. okay, it's not okay at all. Yeah. Where she's like, hey, I know what I'll do. I'll go out tonight back up to the lake and investigate and, like, try to break into this house and, like, learn all about the Aborns. And then they're like, well, don't you, aren't you supposed to go with Don to this, like, barbecue and, like, go on this date for his sister's engagement? And she's like, oh, yeah. I know. What if Laura just goes with Don on the date? Yeah. And Don, on the other hand, is, like, freaking heartbroken. Like, yeah. Where <laughs> he, he gets like, this call. He's like, oh, will you take hey, Laura instead? And she's just like... In the bathroom crying for the next Yeah, he's like, oh, I mean, I thought we were going to go together. And he had, like, poems he wrote. And, like, he had, and like thank God he never got to read the poems. And, like, years later, he's going to be like, no, best thing that ever happened is I didn't read the poems. Seriously. Because Carson would have beat the crap out of him. But, yeah, he's like, she's like, will you take my 16-year-old friend Laura? And I really wanted uh, Dawn to be like, it, is she hot? <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, of course I will. But, like... You gotta ask, like, is is she a pretty friend of yours or an unpretty friend of yours? I mean, at this point, he's too in love with Nancy to not say no. No, he would have. He, he would have done anything. Yeah, he would have done anything yeah, yeah. at this point. He would have fought I do a bear. like that. Um, Mr. Drew came and like they told her, they told him everything that happened to Laura, and he like totally believed. Yeah. Them both. You know, like there's like, like, that's super like suspicious. a big chance. These people seem bad. Yeah, yeah. I'll be happy to help you try to find a legal yeah. way to get new guardians. Yeah. And I was like, well, good. And you're like, yeah, even though you kiss a lot, that was a good thing you that did. That was a good thing you did. You're not all bad, Carson Drew. <laughs> yeah, and then Laura tells Nancy that if anything happens to her, she wants to die. <laughs> which, which I was like, that's on page 86. I, and, uh, yeah, she just says, um, if anything should happen to you, I'd want to die. And that's not enough for Nancy to not go. And Nancy's like, okay, bye. I think that that naked party, like, left more of an impression on Laura than it did on Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's like, like kind of like Dawn a little bit, too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Where she's <laughs> like, literally like, everyone has a crush on Nancy. <laughs> yeah, where she escaped from this abusive house and was like, where do I go? Nancy Drew will take care of me. <laughs> and and then like, when she showed up. Mind, look at my mind. Yeah, exactly. And then Nancy, when she showed up, Nancy Drew was like, I'm going to set you up on a date and then I'm going to go. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, you. I feel like Laura and Don spend most of the date talking about how great Nancy Drew is. Probably. 100%. Um, so let's say they look at all the jewelry. They do a bling party. They put it in the safe. And then and then Nancy's like, seems weird that they would say that Laura was penniless when she has yeah. all this jewelry. Oh, and Nancy's like, ooh, I really like this aquamarine She kind of... Ooh, she, look at how good I look in it. Yeah, she does this weird thing where she's like, uh, it's the most beautiful thing. Like, I've always wanted something like this. Yeah. And then um, Laura's like, oh, that was my mother's favorite. Let's just, like, put a, like, little tag on that. Mother's favorite. It's my mother's favorite. My father gave it to her as their first anniversary gift. She's yeah, like, I love yeah. it. It looks Not beautiful she would on give me. give away, you know, um, whatever. Yeah, she makes a big point of, like, hey, and just in case, later. <laughs> this is, this is what I want. <laughs> 
in case later. Yeah, and then they talk about how, like, it's confusing that she has all these jewels and then people said that they were penniless, but then they also were like, but we have plenty of money to take care of her, but it's a huge burden. And I was but like, yeah. because I need they, her jewels. They're bad. They're bad criminals. Oh, yeah. And then Nancy Drew wears a green dress and goes out in the woods. Yeah, she does. To sneak around. Oh, yeah. And then, and then she's like, sleuthing. Sleuthing. And then Jacob Auburn just like chilling and he's like walking around and she's following him like a sleuth does and then he vanishes vanishes into which the is woods. weird because later we find out he just van- like he just like disappeared like there wasn't any see i was like oh yeah yeah there's gonna be a secret tunnel you know there's gonna mm-hmm. be something that he slipped into but it literally wasn't <laughs> no he disappeared yeah he teleported away yeah um <laughs> like an abra Um, yeah, just gone. She walks up, she sees this sign at the, um, oh, okay. So she, when she follows him, he leads her to a shack. That's where Mm -hmm. he disappears around the shack. Yeah. And. Well, she doesn't find that right away, right? Oh, she She, finds the sign first. He disappears, and then she's like, ooh, where'd he go? The sign says private property, keep out Mm -hmm. danger. So she's like, I'm gonna go in there. Um, which I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Private property. Literally, like, all the freaking time in this book, I'm like, Nancy, don't fucking don't do that. Don't go in there. <laughs> and when when she goes into the shack, it's I think this is a great scene that I want to write and, and have directed in a movie where she's standing in this ramshackle shack and then turns around and Mr. Aborn is there and she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I what, know. What, what are you doing here? <laughs> and she's like, I was looking around. And he's like, me too. Or no. <laughs> Wasn't. And she's like, what were you doing? He's like, i just hanging out. And they just, they go back and forth. And they're like, did you know Laura ran away? And she's like, oh, ran away? And oh, my gosh. Oscar winner right there. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yesterday. Uh, do you know where she is? She's like, mm-mm. But they just stand awkwardly in the shack being like, well, why are you in the shack? No reason. Well, why are you in the shack? No reason. Should we leave? I'm not going to. Well, like then that, I will. So, so like. So, like, to get to this point, right, Nancy, like, loses him, and then she, like, discovers this this other house, right? Yes. And then she sees his I'm footprints. confused about the geography. There's, like, bungalows I, along the lake. Well, this is not the bungalow. This is, like, something This else. is a shack. They keep yeah, saying it's a shack. shack. Yeah. yeah. This is, like, their storage or something, Okay. Right? And so she sees his footprints, and then she goes and, like, looks around, does not try to hide herself she just like just is walking around the house looking into windows and you're like dude jacob aborn was literally just here he's, he's here now here he's here why now. why are you doing this and then she turns around and he's right there and she's shocked and you're like seriously how are you surprised you were following him yeah i literally <laughs> wrote he's still here dumbass yeah but then yeah they're they're just like trying to bs each other <laughs> when they're both in an empty shack is a great like but why would you be here? And he's, like, got a bundle of food. And like, why wouldn't he just knock her over right away and just... I don't know. There's lots of weird yeah. things like yeah. that. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with these people I know called the Donald family. Do you know them? <laughs> and I'm like... And he, he looks... Maybe that was like, oh, my boyfriend's coming. Right. You well, know? yeah, it was one of those things of like, yeah, like I... But anyway, he looks startled, then recovers, which I imagine be like, what? I mean, no, I don't know them. 
And uh, but no, he says he does know them. I I don't know. Which he's, makes sense because he's supposed to be. He's supposed to mystery. have live around there. He's a liar. Yeah. Um. He is. You know, you would think that that would be an actor. Yeah, yeah. that an actor would be better. But, so I wrote Nancy goes to the lake. Mister Aborn is a sneaky creep at an old shack, and then yep, Nancy yep. decides to get a hotel room because she's like, you know what I'll do? I'll just get a hotel room and then come back here in the middle of the night to break it. Because that's smart. That's a smarter yeah. move. But fortunately, Nancy always carries an overnight case in her trunk, in her car trunk. It contained pajamas and a robe, two changes of clothing, toilet articles, and this time of year, a bathing suit. Aww, and I was yeah. like, she's well prepared. Like, if I have water in my car, I'm like, dude, you are set. If there's an accident, people are going to be like, who has water? And I'm going to be like, I have half a water bottle. And I'm going to feel great about myself. I can't change a flat because I probably don't have all the tools in my car for that. But, like, <laughs> if you've got a blanket or even, like, a like a shirt you can put over your shirt, you mm-hmm. seem like – but, no, she's got two changes of clothes oh, and a yeah, bathing she suit. She's also super rich. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. set. Her dad's an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, all those Attorney kids. Attorney slash private investigator. I really like how Nancy gets permission to break into the Dowd's house. She's like, I need to break. She calls home, mm-hmm. to, and she contacts Laura, who's still at their house, getting ready to go to this oh, date. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. And she's like, Hey, Laura, you live at this house, right? And I'm like, No, she doesn't. She ran away. But she's like, I guess technically I do. It's my house. She's like, Is it cool if I break in there and sneak around? And she's like, Uh, sure. And she's like, Great. Then I have your permission as a person who lives there to be in the house. So it's not illegal. And I was like, I that is not how it works. See, as a daughter of an attorney, she's covering all of her bases, she's co- but, right? But, yeah. that, but also, she's like a person who's like the child of a surgeon trying to do surgery. Like, no, you're wrong. Don't. Like, just if I went to a friend... And they were under 18. And I was like, not that I have any friends that are under 18. I can't think of a single Charles, person are I know. you telling us something? That, that I have 16-year-old friends. No, but if like if you went to a minor and were like, hey, is it cool if I go into your parents' house and snoop around? And they were like, it's fine with me. Doesn't make it legal to do. <laughs> nope. They'll be like, I don't care what my kid told you. You can't be in here. But if you have a dad who is like one of the best attorneys in the country. That's true. Maybe. Why does she go... To sunbathe on the beach, you know, because she's a lady. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't. And they gotta do those things, but it doesn't. They gotta do lady things. It doesn't do anything for the plot, but it takes a whole page of her the just. Thing, the thing that that's the plot thing about it is that somebody's watching her, so she's like have a nice time. She's gonna go sunbathe, and then there's like, oh, but she didn't know that two people were watching but her. She, but but Casey, she didn't know. That they were watching her. That's the point. Then how is she... Like, if she was like, hey, I bet if I go sunbathe, these dudes will come down and watch me do it. And then I can overhear (laughs) them. Then that's like a a plot-driven thing where she's taking action to get clues by, like, tempting people to watch her sunbathe. Yeah. But this has nothing to do with... She's like, I'm just gonna go sunbathe. I think it's like a... It's like a, like, setup. You know, that, like, these people were watching her, and they were like, okay, she's settled for the night. Let's go do her risky business. Right, and she's like, speaking you of know, risky business. She's like, I'm not done. I'm going to eat this steak and baked potato. <laughs> she does, yeah. She takes a risk, go. a nice cold swim in the lake, and then uh, has steak, a baked potato, and toss salad. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then she's going to go do some crazy shit. Then do, do some sleuthing. Yeah. If I'm wrong in suspecting Jacob Aborn of being dishonest, then I guess I better give up sleuthing. Yeah, you're not wrong. No. You're fine. 
And then I, mean, I really like this, how she's at the hotel and this young redheaded man sees her across the dance hall and like approaches towards her to ask her to dance. And it's like she hastily went to her room, which just the heartbreak <laughs> of being like, she's so pretty. And like, oh, my God, I'm going to go ask her to dance. Oh, my God, I hope she says yes. And as you're halfway across the room, she's like, she sees you and is she's like, like, nope. Yep. <laughs> and then nopes out to her room. Oh, my God. Yep. Never got over that. Nope. And then she says, romance and detective work won't, won't mix tonight, which I nice that... I, I, and I was like, whoa, like, if you weren't detecting, where are you going to go for it, girl? Like, awesome. Go Nancy. Yeah. Don't you have a date tonight? Oh, no, I pawned that off on one of my friends. Um, <laughs> let's see. She breaks into that house. She yep. climbs the trellis and breaks so into the... So this is the, the real house. She breaks yep. into the, the house that Laura, goes, yeah. Laura broke out of. Yeah, she goes literally into into Laura's room. And this is something that I just didn't get, right? Okay, so Laura or Nancy goes into Laura's room, right? She's like looting around and then um Jacob Aborn comes in and she's like, "Oh shit, I got I got to hide." And so she goes and hides in the closet, right? In the like, dresses section. Yeah, yeah, in the dresses. And she's wearing a dress. Right. But like like Laura left yesterday. Like, why oh, wouldn't yeah. they have... And so they proceed to start looting the room trying to find the jewels, right? Wait, did, but, like, literally, why wouldn't they have done that, like... like the moment the she moment left. The moment she left. Yeah, exactly. Or, and also, like, did Laura unpack a closet full of clothes? <laughs> in the that's one true. that she was there? That's fair. Like, the, why like, would half she have of night she was there, all? right? Because she, th- she got there. Was like, this is weird. This is weird. I'm leaving. <laughs> and didn't unpack. Uh, yeah, anyway. But she hides uh, E.T. style in the in the like closet and then the person like looks over but the thing is like it's just dresses so i'm like the dress with a face is a person the one with legs because you can hide your face but the legs you can't dead giveaway yeah like it's not like she's hiding in a bunch of stuffed animals or of like mannequins or something no she's in a closet full of clothes i'm like oh the yeah the the human body inside the clothes dead giveaway But nope, the person like looks back and forth. It's a good thing she was wearing that green dress, right? She's know, probably she's just like hiding. Right <laughs> I was thinking it's the sort of thing where like you look at your watch and then you look away and then you're like, wait, I didn't even look at what time it was. Yeah. It's that where he's like, I'm gonna look in the closet, and then he looks away and like halfway down the hallway, he's gonna be like, did I even look in the closet? What was in there? I don't know. I could have sworn there was a person in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he has quite a temper. Mr. Aborn does. Mr. Yeah, Aborn, he's yeah. um. But he doesn't see her. Nope. And he then, because she's too sneaky. And when she looks at the room, this is a weird thing. When she gets out of the closet after Aborn's left, she looks at the mm-hmm. room and she's like, "The furnishings are a clue." It's a weird thing. She says, uh, "The feminine furnishings and good colonial oh, pieces showed right, evidence yeah. of discerning taste. They did not fit the Aborn's character. Perhaps an interior decorator had planned it." One could believe from this room that the Aborns really wanted Laura, Nancy pondered. So, mm-hmm. like, the room is nice enough that they're like, if they just... And I guess I kind of get that. of like, why would they buy her nice furniture if they just wanted to kidnap her and steal her jewels? Like, get her a cot. And I was like, that's actually some good mystery solving. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right there. Yeah. Um, if it was, like, a good mystery writer, like, um, like uh, Jean Le Carre, he would be like, the furnishings, like, he would talk about how nice the furnishings were, mm-hmm. and then would say, like, one would be surprised that they would put such effort 
into furnishing the room. And then that would be the only clue. But here they really hammer it home. Oh, yeah. That, like, they didn't pick this furniture. These people aren't the Aborns. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're they're, they're, almost like they're some actors. So weird. And then she sneaks around the house. She watches Mr. Aborn open a safe. Which is hilarious. I just have to say, she, like, sneaks down the staircase. And while they're in the kitchen or whatever, she, like, goes behind a couch and watches them. And, like... Yeah, of course they're not going to see her not. I, I think of the Emperor's New Groove with Krunk doing his Mission Impossible. The yeah. She doesn't get caught, though. She no, sees no. She sees they're like clearly crooks. And then she's like, I know. Now that I escaped from near certain peril and capture, let's go investigate this abandoned shack. Yeah, and I like how like super sneaky she is to get down to watch them to get the safe but yeah. then she's like super not sneaky not sneaky when at all. she leaves the house she gets she like, turns oh, on her I'm flashlight as she walks <laughs> off the porch and shines it across the property <laughs> and then and then um and then a sixth sense tells her that someone is in need of help inside the, yeah. the shack, which I'm like, whoa, 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 Nancy Drew has psychic abilities now? Of course she's like, someone she in there is in danger. She's, uh, she's Deanna Troy. So, em- empathic. I also like how she's like, oh, they were carrying packages to this shack. Because apparently in that first scene where they came to this shack that we were talking about earlier, Mr. Oh, right. Aborn was carrying a package, a package. And she's like, oh, maybe it was food. Like, for fucking what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why would he bring food to an abandoned shack? But that was her first thought. Then she goes to the shack. She, she breaks in. And then mm-hmm. Nancy calls herself. She says, here comes Nancy Drew, housebreaker and spy. <laughs> And I, I, I thought at first I read that as homewrecker, which I'm really glad it's housebreaker. That's, that's better. Nancy Drew's like happily referring to herself as a homewrecker. Um, She's but, like, I got my dad. I gotta go find someone else. Oh, jeez, Nancy. Yeah. So Nancy bravely swings through the window. She moves into the adjoining room. It's just a shack. It's the same shack that she was in. And then she's like, well, okay, there's nothing here. I'm going to go to Oh, and the then police. another point is that her 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 flashlight is running low on battery, And it starts right? to go so dim. So she's like super smart and being like, I'm going to still investigate, even though I will have no light, no light very soon. Who needs light for investigations? Nobody. Then she hears a groan. Mm-hmm. And I really like this. She hears... She hears a groan. She finds a trap door. She goes to open it. She looks inside and she sees Jacob Aborn. Oh, my God. And she's like, wait a second. He was just back at this house. How could he have made it here in time? And she almost runs away. Mm-hmm. She says she gave a low cry and stumbled up the stairway toward the window through which she had entered. Her flight was abruptly checked as she banged one foot on something metallic and that moved ahead of her. In a second, she smelled kerosene. And I was like, wait, 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 you found a guy trapped in a basement and your first reaction to be like, get away. Mm-hmm. This is that poor starving man who like saw this teenage girl who came into the room and then slammed the door and screamed and ran away. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But then she comes back. She does. Which, I was really confused by this. I had to read it like another, another yeah, time. Yeah, two or, or three two. times. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because I was like, what the fuck is jacob aborn doing here she sees jacob aborn at the house yeah she goes to the shack after uh-huh. he's gone to bed and then yeah. she finds him at the shack mm-hmm. but then she's like wait a second but it looked like him but he was like super gaunt and looked like he hadn't eaten in days yeah, and days yeah, and days yeah. and i was like oh twin brother 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Twins or yeah, something. Yeah, totally. Because she had mentioned twins earlier. Right. She yeah, mentioned like, brothers. Oh, and I was like, oh, it's twins. Uh-huh. Okay, so his, his shitty twin his showed up. Tw- yeah, yeah. But then she's going to leave him. And then she's like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go back. Mm-hmm. So she goes back. And she finds the guy. And he's, what? And I was like, oh, oh she's like, oh, no, it looked just like him. Mm-hmm. But not because exactly. Because apparently makeup and, and, and wigs it's don't do it that for good. you. you know? Yeah. yeah. But the resemblance is startling. And I was like, okay, so brothers, maybe not twins. Oh, and he was totally unconscious. That was the other thing. He's totally passed out. She could have just left him and he wouldn't have have known anything. No. But she doesn't. No. So she's like, I must do something to revive the man. Yep. And get him away. What does she do? There's a there was this sink in the room. Oh, what a mean thing to do. She he was chained up in a room with a sink, but he the sink was too far away to get to. That's that's cruel. But he fi- they he finally they get the guy awake. Nancy gets uh, Jacob mm-hmm. Aborn, the real the Jacob real Aborn. one. And he tells him that like he tells him about the story of Stumpy Dowd. Stumpy Dowd. I love that name. <laughs> Stumpy Dowd. And so apparently like what criminal is going to go by Stumpy, Stumpy. Dowd? No. <laughs> yes, yeah, Stumpy. And he, he, like he owns that name. But my my favorite thing is the story of Stumpy Dowd, where where the uh, the Aborns hired Mrs. Dowd as an as a housekeeper, mm-hmm. and then one day when Mrs. Dowd was working, her husband Stumpy showed up and was really angry and abusive, and Mr. Aborn was like, "Hey, now you can't speak to her like that." And then Stumpy Dowd knocked him unconscious and tied him in the basement of a shack, and was like, "I'm gonna steal your identity." Wow, Mrs. Aborn was there? And Mrs. A- no, well, I don't know. Mrs. Aborn, I think, had already left to okay, go okay. visit yeah. her sick person. Person. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he was like, hey, you can't talk to her like that in my house. And then the guy knocked him out. And when he woke up, was like, I'm going to steal your identity and kidnap your niece. <laughs> That's a criminal that a thinks plan. and moves fast. Stumpy down. <laughs> so... So Nancy realizes that Stephen Dowd, alias Stumpy, uh, used his talent as an actor and skill with makeup to fill to f- fool people into thinking that he was Mr. Aborn. And then Nancy's like, "And I wonder if this has something to do with my dad's embezzlement case." And I was like, "Yeah, who'd have thought?" For sure it does. What? <laughs> it's almost like her dad would have called her and been like, "Hey, have you had any cases?" And she's like, "Oh, my this weird girl I met with some like imposter parents." Because we almost drowned. Yeah. Yeah. And his response would have been like, oh, I have an embezzlement case. I'm sure they're related. Let's uh, let's let's touch base. Let's figure that out. She tries to get Stumpy. No, I'm sorry. She tries to get the real Mr. Aborn out of the basement. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she does, right? She she does. And then a look of horror froze upon Mr. Aborn's face. Look out, Nancy! (laughs) Yeah, and then Nancy gets clobbered yep and wakes up chained up in the basement out. which happens to nancy a lot just just for the record she gets clobbered like literally every game that i ever played she at one point out. somebody yeah. knocks you out yeah definitely oh. an idea suddenly came to nancy she remembered that a detective who had called on her father a few months before had told her how it was possible to hold one's hands while being bound so as to slip the bonds later he had given her a demonstration if only I could remember the correct position. Nancy prayed fervently. When Dad began to bind Nancy's wrist, she tried to follow the detective's instructions. 
As the rose cut into her flesh, it seemed to Nancy that she must have made a mistake. Certainly, there was little space between her wrists and the bonds. And now, just to make sure you won't get away... Stumpy muttered with a sneer. Okay, this detective is Fenton. Is Fenton Hardy. It has to be Fenton Hardy. Okay. The guy who's, like, trained his children how to be tied up and not get away. So I was like, okay, so clearly Fenton Hardy at one point was working with Carson Drew and taught Nancy Drew how to be tied up in a way where she would feel comfortable getting out. And I'm like, Nancy, Nancy Drew was tied up by Fenton Hardy at some point. That or, or she took a class. She took a class in <laughs> rope work. Yeah. Um, where he was the, the primary speaker. Yeah, where yeah, he was like, yeah. all right, so teen <laughs> so girl detectives, kids. you're going to get tied up. Let's, well, can I have a volunteer? <laughs> first, I'm going to tie you up in a way that you can't get, can't get out of, but wish you could. Then I'm going to tie you up in a way where you can get out, and I wish you wouldn't. I, uh, Fenton Hardy, class act. Uh, but yeah, I really like that part of their backstory, that at some point Fenton Hardy, I assume consensually, bound Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it gets worse, folks. That was like... Mary Sue number what twenty five, which is like, and, she's and then like, a, oh, I remember this thing from a long time ago. When a detective Let me do tied me up at my dad's house, uh, yeah, weird. And then, and then, uh, so she's tied up. The mm-hmm. fake Stumpy Dowd has Stumpy Dowd. Uh, has knocked out her and Mister Aborn, chained them in the basement. And then he tells Mister Aborn as like the ultimate fuck you. Not only did I steal all your money and stuff, but I sold your car. <laughs> He's like, hey, that blue sedan, I sold it. And I took the and money and I bought a nice fancy, car. fancy foreign car. And uh, I'm like, yeah. ultimate jerk move. Like, even if you get out of this basement, I sold all your stuff. And that's where he gets most upset. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Aborn was so furious, he almost choked after being told that his car was sold. You robber, you kidnapper. Robber first, kidnapper second. <laughs> You've been chained up in a shack for days. You were like almost unconscious from malnutrition. And you're like, you sold my blue sedan? How dare you? Let's see. So he's like, all right, I'm going to leave you. You can think about all this stuff in the days ahead. Goodbye. And I was like, pussy murder. (laughs) And he leaves them down there. And this is weird. Mr. Aborn finds out that Nancy knew where Laura was, but Mm -hmm. didn't tell him. And he says this very weird line. She's like, I hope you can know why why I didn't tell you Laura was at my house. I was trying Mm -hmm. to keep her location as secret as possible. And he said, I see and I forgive you. Never having met you, Dowd's announcement gave me a momentary feeling of distrust in you. But that's gone now. And I was like, so it just wore off. Yeah. (laughs) But she manages to, what, she's getting free? She's about to get free? She's real close? And then the lights go out. Oh, yeah. Because her her flashlight was out of battery. Yeah, her flashlight Mm -hmm. was out of battery. And then it, like, jumps back to the uh, Drew household for a chapter. Oh, yeah, because Laura comes back with from her date with Don. That and was it a easy. nice date? I can't, I can't even... Um... They had a really good time. And then, then Don is like, oh, certainly it was fun. Too bad Nancy wasn't with us. <laughs> Too bad Nancy wasn't there. Where is Nancy? Is Nancy home? Is Nancy home? Uh, and then Laura's like, yeah, is Nancy home? Is Nancy home? And uh, yeah, they're, and they're like, no, she's decided to stay overnight. Up at Lake... And Hannah was like, oh, she's going to go, you know, at nighttime, investigate the house. And they were like, what? They're like, you shouldn't have let her do that. She's like, oh, really? And they're like, maybe she... I never knew. 
they can't get a hold of her. They're like, what, no. um, is she at the hotel? And the hotel person, again, like a hotel in another reality is like, let me check. <laughs> She's not here. Who is this? And you're like, you ask who is this first. Yep. And if it's not, and then don't tell. Regardless, <laughs> if somebody's staying at your hotel, don't just tell people that. <laughs> Mr. Stallone? Yeah, fifth floor. Why? Wait, who is this? <laughs> um, and then Dawn is looking out the window and they're like, a car pulled into the driveway. Maybe Look it's Nancy. And he looks out the window and he's like, it's a man. <laughs> he's coming to the door. And it's like, hold the phone. Who is this and man? It's, it's Carson Drew. And I'm of like, Don, Don, you know Carson. You could have been like, it's Carson. Or it's Mr. Drew. But instead he's like, it's a man. He's coming to the door. He's a familiar man. You might recognize him. Brown hair. Nancy's dad. <laughs> But anyway, and I, I imagine that when Don opens the door to Carson's house, his first reaction is to be like, the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing here? Don't answer the door to my house. Where's my daughter? Like, but anyway. And Don is like, that's a good point. That's a good point. Where is your daughter? And then Laura's like, where's your daughter? And Hannah's like, oh, I told her to do this thing. To go break into a house. And they they all decide that, like, she clearly got into trouble and they should all drive up to Melrose Place. Yes, and I like that they go so fast, but Not Dr. Over Drew the... couldn't restrain himself from breaking the speed limit. Nancy's father was a skillful driver, and right now he was intent upon reaching the lake as soon as possible. He could barely restrain himself from breaking the speed limits. This is one time I wish I had a helicopter, he told the two young people. Which I'm like, that comes from him meeting Fenton Hardy and Fenton Hardy being like, I have a helicopter, I have a plane, I have motorcycles, I have a boat, I have an ice boat, I have a bunch of cars. I, and they're like, you're lying. It's not lies. He's just a criminal mastermind. Um, but then Don's a douche. Because uh, he's like, I wish I had a helicopter. We could get there faster. And he's like, well, it's heavily wooded, so you wouldn't be able to see anything. <laughs> and, then, and then Mr. Hardy goes silent. And Did then Don was like, police? oh, I thought you weren't due home till Sunday. Oh, yeah. He knew he realized he was a jerk. Don's, Don's whole line about it, he's like, I thought you weren't supposed to come home till Sunday. Means that at some point. Sir. <laughs> sir. That Nancy was like, would, that when he was like, hey, do you want to go on a date sun, or a Saturday night? Nancy was like, sure, my dad's out of town. <laughs> and he was like, oh, great. But then you think, like, Carson would be like, why did you know what night I was getting back into town? Yeah. Like, because I wasn't going to be at your house that night. Because I would never be there without you there, sir. <laughs> um, oh, so awkward. I bet there's another 45 minutes driving out to that lake. Just silence. <laughs> Don, why don't you switch with Laura and ride in the back seat? <laughs> oh, you want to talk to Laura? I just don't want to talk to you. Oh, they're on their way up. They get a hold of the police. They're all going up there. There's a bunch of clues. I don't know. Basically, they're all slowly figuring out that this mysterious disappeared actor and actress couple mm -hmm. might just be the suspicious pretend guardians. Just potentially. Maybe. Oh, yeah. And then they're talking about the bank bonds because they're like, who has been depositing and getting money from these bank bonds? Because they've been getting the money. Mm -hmm. from them and they said oh it's it's a different person every time but it's always a maybe lady maybe she's an actress in what? disguise oh, my mind God. blown 
But then it cuts back to Nancy and Mr. Aborn trying to get out of the... And Mr. Aborn is just crying at this point, chained up in the basement. Because the guy sold his sedan. Like, I, I can't figure out why this is the thing that makes him panic so badly. Then she remembered the packet of matches in her shirt pocket. She took it out and lighted a match, which she struck in a crack in the wall. As the light burned, she worked to untie the knots that bound her ankles. Several more matches were used before she was set free. Miss Drew, you're the most ingenious girl I've ever met. Mr. Aborn said admiringly. I wish I could think that fast. It just occurred to me that there's a can of kerosene under the stairs. You might fill the lantern. Nancy found the can, and in a few seconds, the place was aglow with light. Now I'll open the padlock again, Nancy told Mr. Aborn. After getting the key, she hurried to the side of Laura's guardian. A minute later, the chains fell to the floor with a loud thud. At last! Jacob Aborn cried in relief. I just like that because he's like, you're so smart, lighting matches to make light, as if that's what matches were for. You know, I wish I was that smart. I could have told you about how there's a kerosene full of, uh, or there's a, a can of kerosene right over there and a lantern right over there and how you could have lit them. But I'm too dumb to do that. And I'm like, I, I half expected Nancy to be like, well, I'm out of matches. I used them all. Why didn't you no, tell me that first? No, she would never. No, she would never use them all. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's too smart. They sneak out, right? Yep. But she has to, like, carry. Oh, yeah, because he can't, like, carry himself. Can't walk no more. starved for several weeks. Yeah, well, he yeah. has been kept in a basement. Yeah. But why didn't they just kill him? Do they Mr. not Aborn? have guns? Why didn't they just kill Mr. Aborn if they're going to steal his whole identity and stuff? I think it's, well, number one, the, initially they were because, it was because he was, they were trying to get information, right? Yeah. So they were trying to oh, right. play the role better. When is Laura going to yeah. be there and Yeah, all and stuff. like, what is your connection to her mother and, and her and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, you want to, um, you think you'd want to feed him a little better. Which makes sense, but they but definitely could have killed them. Yeah, they could have just killed him, no problem. Now. Or yeah. especially when they were like, okay, we're going to leave you t- for dead, bye. Mm-hmm. Um. But then he keeps telling Nancy, like, go on without me. I can't do it. Yep. And I'm like, Nancy, just leave. Like, She's leave. Come back. Come She's back and get good. him. Maybe yeah. you could get help Because what if he comes back? What if the fake Jacob Aborn comes oh, back? Oh, you mean Stumpy Dowd? Yeah, if Stumpy, Stumpy Dowd, Dowd, the return of Stumpy Dowd. Because apparently is a temper. He's Return awful. to the house of Stumpy Dowd. Um, <laughs> I love it. Nancy, they get in their car and they're like, okay. Nancy gets him into a car and she's like, no, take me to the, direct me to the nearest police station. And I'm like, he's going to fall asleep right away. When you get a malnutrition person into a vehicle, he's going to be like, yeah, yeah. nice, soft <laughs> Corinthian leather. Um, but then the car won't start. Yep. <laughs> and she says, that's funny. I was and like, that's says, not funny. Oh, she had taken a course in automobile mechanics and Ding. knew the possible source of, sources of trouble. <laughs> the distributor crap was all fudged into the... Transshaft. So smart. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The distributor had been uncapped, and the rotor was missing. This is sabotage. Classic. I would have slashed the tires if I was Stumpy Dowd. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they're there. They're right. They're in the car. And then suddenly, there are lights, and then um, a dark foreign sports car drives past them. Oh. They hide. Okay, so the Dowds drive yep. by them. Yep. <laughs> 
Okay, great. <laughs> that was really uh, not climactic for no. a very climactic scene. Okay, so the doubts drive by them away. And then they get rescued by what the... Oh, they... they oh, the, the neighbors! The oh, yeah, that's neighbors. right. They're like, they're like uh, okay, let's go back to the house where the Dowds were staying because they won't go back there again. No. And I'm like, but that's their home base. But they're like, no, they won't go back there. I think it makes sense. It made a little sense because they had already, yeah. already like cut open all of the blankets and pillows looking for the jewels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It had been they're, ransacked. This is like, they're leaving. Because also Stumpy Dad was like, we're making a getaway to Nancy and Jacob Aborn. Oh, that's right. And, the, and, the, and, the and he's like, well, have fun dying here in the basement. I'm not going to kill you. So they think that some people are uh, about to, like, that it's Stumpy Dowd's returning because they hear some people come, like, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up the oh, steps. Oh, no. And Jacob Aborn's just, like, too weak to move. And as the reader, I'm like, oh, it's Carson because they were on their way up yeah. here. But it's not. It's no. the Donalds. Yeah. It's this family that saved her from the falling down like tree. 1 a.m. They just... Came, there were no gunshots. There was no, no fire. They just no. popped over. I think he was looking Super in the windows. Early in the morning. It was the it was the Donald Dad like looking in the windows on the new <laughs> couple in town. Probably he's like these aren't the people I know that I'm used to spying on at night. Nancy gives them a a ton of information. Mm-hmm. No, they give Nancy a ton of information about the actual Aborns and how one right. of the Mrs. Aborn, the real Mrs. Aborn, is on some sort of trip. I wrote TMI. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with the mystery. Is she real? Is she a real person? <laughs> like, we could, have, we could have left that. Yeah, it doesn't need to be part to the of discussion that. discussion of the user. All of a sudden, she's like, Nancy's, what, walking to her car, getting some stuff out of her car? Yeah, yeah. And um, she went to the front door to listen for Jim's car, because she's listening for Jim Donnell, who I guess is driving around looking for the foreign sports car. As she stood on the steps, her heart suddenly leaped. A tall figure stood in the, behind a bush near the front steps. Nancy, a man's voice called. Nancy knew who it was. Dad, she cried out. Carson Drew leapt the steps and gave his daughter a resounding kiss. Are you all right, he whispered. You're so right. And I'm like, stop it. Stop now. I didn't um, realize. Why did he whisper? I imagine her like, are you okay? Like, you know, like whispering passionately into her ear to like make sure she's okay. And then Laura runs out, and uh, she's like, we saw lights and heard voices. We thought it was the Abram. What's going on here, Nancy? And, and I wrote, and why'd your dad kiss you like that? <laughs> Just full on the mouth. His hand is low on your back. But anyway, everything's fine. No one talks more about it. I'm sure there's an awkward moment of silence where she's like, this is my father. And they're like, your father. But anyway, then Nancy gets a real what? Good idea? Oh, this is this is my favorite, though. Almost unrelated, but Nancy walks inside with Don and Laura and saw that Mr. and Mrs. Donald were helping Mr. Aborn up the stairs to his bedroom. Hearing voices, the guardian turned and looked at his ward and exclaimed, Laura, dear, at last, I'd know you anywhere. You look just like your mother. Mr. Aborn, Laura cried out. She raced up the steps and gave her guardian a big kiss. And I was like, well, because she's learning from Nancy. <laughs> like, this is how a, a teenage how girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> greets her father with a resounding kiss. Yeah, I like that, like, she's never met him. Doesn't know him from, from Stumpy Dow, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, like, immediately her intuition would probably to, be to distress him, right? Yeah, it's to kiss him on the mouth. Yeah, and then... Um, <laughs> and he was like, oh, jeez, and then his heart stopped. Yep. Well, and he, he was, died. He was stressed. He had been through a lot. 
And then uh, a pretty young 16-year-old girl kissed him full on the mouth and called him dad. And he, he had a heart attack from that because he didn't know how to handle it. So weird. And then they're like, oh, they, they've learned that the Dowds had a friend named Fred. That's like their third person. Somebody named Fred. Do you remember this weird thing? Yeah. And so. Oh, yeah. William Frednick. Yeah, because they're like, who rented that house? And they're like, nobody named Fred. Couldn't have been him. It's just Mm -hmm. a man named William Frednick. And you're like, maybe, maybe William Frednick is Fred. And And, and to, to like bring the connection all together, Fred was somebody that Mr. Drew had mentioned, right? Because like Nancy already knew that there was like a Fred in play. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, this is who the Fred is. It's William Frederick. I feel like. Fred and Play was the lame, like, kids' bop version of Kid and Play that nobody liked. Fred and Play. And Fred was like a Muppet. They go to investigate Stumpy's digs, right? Yep. Carson Drew is driving his convertible. Who's this fisherman? What? That really confused me. I had no idea what happened. Okay, like, I'm real confused. Like, is he part of the, the team? Who? What's going on? They were like, they're... So oh, they, like, oh. head to, to Stumpy, to I the, the bungalow. Yeah, they go to the bungalow. That they initially but it's, went to. It's Carson and Nancy and Don. And Don, yeah. Because I imagine it's like Carson is like, Nancy, come on, let's go. And Don's like, I'll come too. And Carson was like, fine. fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And so the three of them are, like, sneaking along the path, and they hear a noise, and they go no, to... No, they're driving, they're though. They're driving. Oh. That's, like, the other thing. And so they're driving, and they, like, get really damn close. To the bungalow, right? And then yeah. they like we'll like, cover the rest of the distance on. You know foot. the lights are on, the car is making noises, but nobody will know we're here. Let's <laughs> just like drive really close to the bungalow and go off it's to the three, side. It's, it, the book makes it very clear. It's three o'clock in the morning oh, at this yeah, point. Oh yeah, super early. So they get out of the car and they're and they're like walking up towards the bungalow, and there's a snap of a twig. And they go to hide behind a bush, which I love the idea of three grown people trying to all hide behind the same bush. And then a fisherman walks by, and it's just like this normal conversation, which I thought was going to be some code or something. But it's like, hello, Sam. I hope the fish are biting well this morning. And it goes on and on. And I'm like, I expect one of them to be like, do you see those three fellows hiding over there in the shrubs? Wonder what they're up to. And like, as you're hiding very conspicuously. Except Nancy, who's in a green dress. Actually, she's in a black cocktail dress at this point. I don't know. Oh, my dad's here. I gotta dress up. Yeah, yeah my dad's here. I gotta put on this black little black dress. <laughs> They're gonna sneak around, and Nancy's like, I'm gonna look around this way, and Carson's like, I'm gonna look around this way. Wait, so the fisherman didn't have anything nothing, to do with Nothing to do with nothing. They were just people. That was really confusing. Three o'clock in the morning, walking through the woods to go fishing. You know, fishermen do that. Sure, Maybe. Her dad's like, you be well, careful no, with John. Sorry, because yeah, like, back up. someone's up yeah, there. Nancy whispered, maybe the fisherman alerted him. Mm-hmm. And then Carson's like, oh, let's circle the house. Yeah, they, they sneak up to the house. They think that Mr. Aborn has caught them, but it turns out to be a random fisherman. And then they're like, maybe just that fisherman talking might have tipped them off. Let's sneak around. It's really weird. I had to read these pages, these five pages, <laughs> a bunch of times. It was weird. It was all very weird. Yeah. They find, they, when they, it's like they're at the back of the house. Don and Nancy go around the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Mr. Drew goes around the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. By the time they get around to where Mr. Drew is, he's unconscious. Yep. And they're like, oh, shit, he got clobbered. 
And then Nancy's like, Stumpy Dowd, I bet. Which I think is a Which great Which made line. me think the fisherman alerted them. Yeah, that, or I that they... he was part of the plan because he was like, oh, these people are here. And then they're like, oh, we better go knock him out. And then, like, right away they knocked him They knocked him out. But I don't think that they did. I don't know. I think, I know. Something was dropped. So then they see some people leaving the bungalow carrying big suitcases. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they must have the inheritance in that suitcase. Mm-hmm. What? They're, they're the bearer bonds, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, no, they talked about stealing uh, Laura. Her jewels? No, because she, she also had she an had inheritance. Cash, she, like yeah, bonds yeah, yeah. and treasuries. Yep. And so, so they so they get in the car. They're, the the crooks are uh, load their suitcases into their own foreign black car, mm-hmm. and they're riding away. And, and Nancy's Nancy's driving. She's yeah. following them in the Drew yeah, sedan. Yep. yep. I thought it was a convertible. Well, now it's a sedan. I think it's, it's a sedan? I think it's Carson's car that he drove up with Don and Laura. Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter at all, folks. So the the war- there's a bunch of warnings like there's a cliff coming, steep hills, mm-hmm. slow down, and Nancy and her compatriots mm-hmm. follow the rules, but the Dowds do not, and they go over the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's fake, right? Like they they're actors. They probably put some like yeah, dummies in the car. That, yeah. It looks like a like a solid, you know. And there's like, and they make the comment of like they see a hand and a, a foot with a shoe on it sticking out of the window. I was like, those are mannequins. Mm-hmm. But no, the no. car that they're falling goes completely over the cliff because yep. they were going too fast, and Nancy was not going that fast. And then they get they. It's like so they like somehow just like easily shuffle down the cliff. Yeah, they like, like scrabble. No problem. You just sort of scramble yeah, down yeah, yeah. the cliff. Yeah. And then when they get to the bottom, Mr. Drew and Don nodded and followed Nancy as she scrambled down the incline. Nancy, in the lead, gasped as she saw the body of a strange man. I was like, strange man? What does that mean? Apparently not the driver, who had been flung out of the car into a clump of bushes. She noticed gasoline spilling from the hole in the tank. Vaguely, she thought a fire and an explosion. Hurry, she urged. As the three drew closer, they saw a man's leg and a woman's high-heeled shoe protruding from beneath the left-hand side of the car. So I'm like, oh, mannequins. Like, it's a fake thing. Mm-hmm. With frantic haste, Don and Mr. Drew dragged the man out while Nancy tugged at the woman's body. Stumpy Dowd and his wife both were breathing but unconscious. The victims, cut and badly bruised, were carried to a safe place on the grass. So they were really in a freaking massive car-off-of-a-cliff car crash. The ultimate penalty for being, I guess, the thieves of bearer bonds. Well, no, that's what happens when you break the rules of the road. Yep. Yep. And then she, like, sees that the suitcases are about to get blown up. And so mm-hmm. she dives into the burning yeah. car to pull them out. Yeah. And when she finally gets them out, her dad tackles her to the ground. And I'm like, but she had it. She had it. And her dad's like, Nancy, are you mad? Those suitcases aren't worth your life. But she has it in her hands. She does. And it was a dumb thing she did, right? It was dumb. Like, it did she, turn out to like, be dumb. She noticed before she went into the car to save the suitcases that oil was leaking mm-hmm. right in that the car was very very hot yes i mean it twisted metal yeah thought about fire and she's like oh that's cool i'm gonna go get the suitcases just dive right in yeah. there so it was a dumb thing that she did and i get why her dad was mad yeah her dad's like don't you could have burned your hands nancy i need those <laughs> hands sorry no Sorry, it gets better, folks. And so he's like, Nancy, you might have been killed. And she realized, whoa, I'm like a cat with nine lives. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I'm like, <laughs> you're like a cat. <laughs> you're like a cat with 18 lives, maybe more. Oh yeah, like uh, infinite. <laughs> you should have died in the first chapter when that boat sank. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I like how when they ask about the the suspicious, like when they're like the cops show up right away mm-hmm. with an ambulance. And they're like, how did you show up? How did you know about this? And like, oh, a neighbor saw a car go off the cliff. <laughs> and then they said, and it was a black foreign car. So we were suspicious immediately. And I was like, the fact that it went off a freaking cliff with people inside wasn't enough to get the cops out there. The cops were like, what kind of car was it? And they're like, I don't know, foreign. They're like, foreign, you say? Like a spy? Like a spy would be for it? And I like that this like random farmer dude is watching this it's car. It's three in the morning. Yeah! And he's out on his porch being like, beautiful night. Beautiful. Oh my God. As, the, as a flaming foreign black. And you can spot it and be like, it's Maybe a foreign this, car. Maybe like, this happens pretty often, you know, that like they're just like Not with cars. foreign cars. Yeah, no, yeah, that like cars go off this cliff and the farmer's just watching them as normal. Right. And because this it's time like, when he called the police, he's like, it was a foreign car. And they're and, like, and then <gasps> they actually came. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> you don't realize that at the bottom of that cliff, there's like 30 cars. Um, <laughs> there probably was. Shoot. <laughs> And you're like, oh, there goes another one. <laughs> what my favorite part about all of this. So they pull these people out. They rescue them. Mrs. Aborn is like, we've made a huge mistake. Yeah, I'm in the repents. wrong line. I'm yep, a, yep. And Mr. Aborn is like, oh, fooey on you. And like doesn't care at all. Um, and then I like this. I like this so much. It makes me so happy that Don, the guy who wanted to date Nancy, is like, well, I better be getting back to town. My sister's wedding is today. I don't know. I mean, I mentioned that earlier, way earlier, about how it's my sister's wedding. So I need to get back to town. Remember how the date we were going to go on was for my sister's wedding? And I was like, Don's a good kid for not, like, not showing up at his sister's wedding. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that he was on this whole crazy adventure, and when it was finally, there was a lull in the action, he was like, also, just jumping in right here, my sister's wedding is in, like, three hours. And I, they're already going to be so mad at me for not having been there for the last 24 hours. But Don's a good kid. And he's also, like, sort of hoping that Nancy will go with him, you know? To the wedding? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. She's like, I have business. I got I'm business, really like, sorry. sleuthing. Yeah. I got sleuthing to do. He's like, you're a whiz, whiz of a detective, all he right, did. Nancy? He does tell her she's a whiz. So then they open the bags. After yep. everyone's been arrested. And they're like, maybe the securities are in here. Mm-hmm. But the bags are full of costumes. I also like how you say bags. How I do? I say bags that way. Bags? Yeah. So I, I got made fun it. of a lot when I went to college. In, Yo, me in too. Colorado. In Minnesota, I yeah. got made fun you of You got made a fun lot. of in Minnesota? Oh, yeah, yeah. For bags? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have fun. For all the people in Ho Chi Minh City <laughs> who listen to this show, which I know I haven't spoken to you, but like, why... Why are you listening to this? God bless you. Um, <laughs> it's pronounced bags. Um, the, the English word yeah. for a sack that you carry thing in, that's a bag. Bags. And, and like the things that you eat that are round, they're called bagels. Bagels. Yeah, yeah. Yep. When you stab somebody, you stab them. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, the cops are like, she, they're like, well, these bags are full of costumes. And uh, I guess we didn't get any of the securities. They're all burned up forever. Goodbye. And then she's like, wait, wait, wait. Maybe the bags have a false bottom. And the cop says, I should have thought of that. And I was like, yeah, you straight up should have thought of that. That's your whole job, dum-dum. You need this 18-year-old lady to tell you that. Whatever. 
And so they open it up, and what? There's the treasury bonds. There's the there's all of um, Mr. Aborn's like riches, and then also Laura's inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the other stolen from the nice and dog the bonds. dog yeah, walker yeah, yeah, yeah. lady. The nice lady who wrote the check for the charity. Yep, yep. The guy whose barbecue she never went to. Yeah. All of that money. Yeah. Oh, and there was a fourth man. Oh, what was that about? Yeah. Why? Was, so, because they did mention at the start that there were two people from the bank. Who must have been involved. Who were on vacation. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they're like, and, and one so, of them was a character you never met who did not appear in this book. Yeah. Who was also a criminal and we got him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and he was great. like scouting out Nancy's house because they knew that Laura had put the jewels in Nancy's safe. So he was there in River Heights, like trying to sneak into Nancy's house. But there was also another dude, which we didn't actually mention before, but he was actually driving the car, and he was like the other bank. All of this means nothing yeah, to me because we awful. never met this character. Yeah, no. But he was the one that was staying at the bungalow house. So initially, when they went to the bungalow house and had the Nikki party, that's true. They were they were staying in that that third dude's house. Yeah, I don't know. There's just another weird moment where um, I can't Tying find it in here. But there's a there's a moment. So now they all go to have like a little finishing, yeah, like yep. a case finishing party at the at the Drew household. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about it is that, uh, and I can't find the line in here, but I wrote it in my notes that. Um, Everyone shows up, and they all, like, give each other kisses, but then Nancy kisses her dad, who is already, they're at the house together, when everybody else arrives. So I'm like, why did you kiss? Stop kissing each other. And so anyway, everyone's there, and Mr. Aborn looks like a new man, and they make the comment that, uh, and, and, and the real Mrs. Aborn is there, and they make the comment mm-hmm. that, now, Jacob and I have a daughter to love. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Laura, who has known these people for 24 hours, should be like, hey, let's, like, love. Like, I appreciate all you're doing for me. Don't get me wrong. I just lost my mother, like, a week ago. But as Helen would say, you should be happy now. <laughs> it's, all, it's all settled. And it's you should be happy now. <laughs> um, good old Helen. Mm-hmm. So we then, haven't heard of in a very, very oh, yeah. long time. Yeah, Helen yeah, sort of. Hel- she's gone. Sort of pieced out. Maybe forever. Maybe Bess and George will come next book. I got to hope. hope so. Everybody wants them so bad to yeah. show up. And so the case is over. And of course. Nancy feels the loneliness and emptiness inside her when she realizes that the case is at mm-hmm. an end. Junkie. She's an adrenaline junkie. She sure is. But. Don't worry, because... She gets a prize. There's going to be a challenge of the mystery at Lilac Inn. So they're, like, already promoing Oh, yeah, they always do that. So, but she gets a prize, right? She does. And it's, uh, you know, you might not have guessed it. (laughs) It's that priceless, beautiful aquamarine ring that Laura's Laura's mother... favorite, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was her favorite because... Her husband had given it to her. For her first anniversary. Yeah, 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 but she's like, I want you to have it, Nancy. Nancy's like, good call. (laughs) Look at how pretty I am with it. End of book. And that's the end of mystery. Um, (laughs) So, uh, last impressions of the book. Last impressions. Um, I remember reading these books as a kid and thinking... 
that I could never figure out the mystery. And now that I read them, it was so obvious. Yeah. Right away, when the when they showed up, yeah. I was like, these aren't her guardians. These yeah. are jewel thieves or something. Um, so. Yeah, it's always... Uh, it's always surprising to me how these books are the same amount of pages as a Hardy Boys book, and yet they fit in half the information. <laughs> Hardy Boys, like, an entire chapter of this book was Nancy Drew going home making dinner and catching her dad up at what her day had been. Mm-hmm. Where they, That would have been two sentences for Hardy Boys. They would have been like, they had dinner and told their dad what had happened. Right. And, like, that's the whole thing. I, I'm blown away by and how I, slow these I are. get that. But I also do feel like there are points in this mystery where, for the 50s, Nancy was going out alone. She was, number one, staying out at a hotel, driving alone. Staying at a hotel alone. <laughs> staying at a alone. hotel alone. And then going out alone with a, you know, to yeah. these pretty, and so like I but get. But she can still make a mad vinaigrette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets dates. Yeah. She's so not I like. I feel like it's it's two sides of the coin, yes. right? That there's there's definitely not as much action as the Hardy Boys. No. But like. She was doing a lot for being a woman in the time. My favorite moment was when that she, when she heard the screaming person in the basement and one of her thoughts was, maybe I should just go. <laughs> and I was like, just go. She's oh only my God. human. That would be hilarious if you were like, and I was like, oh no, I am out of here. There's a person screaming down there. Like, what if they're crazy and are yeah. down there for a good reason? Yeah. And then also when... Uh, when she also, got like, the phone when call. when you call the police, she's like, oh, somebody was screaming at this household. Why don't you just leave and call the police? Yeah. yeah. Or when she got the phone call and the person was like, hey, Nancy. And she was like, yeah, that's me. And they were like, hell. And then hung up the phone. And she was like, weird. And then went about her day. Yeah. Very yeah. strange. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Casey. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, detectives. Here is the second half of my interview with Josh Rapp from Avery Brewing Company. What are you What are you uh, working on right now at Avery? What do you guys got coming up? The Great American Beer Fest is like in a week, right? Yeah, Great American Beer Fest is coming up, so it's going to be a busy week next week. Okay. But... Uh, and that's hundreds and hundreds of brewers, It's right? a lot. I mean, I think the biggest thing for brewers is really the award ceremony. Okay. And so everybody around the country gets to uh, submit four different beers. Okay. It used to be like seven, but now there's so are many. Are they all, like you would submit four, into four categories? Correct. Or? Okay. Yeah, so choose your best four beers mm-hmm. or your beers that you think are most to style, quote unquote. Sure. So uh, the BJCP judges who are judging these beers are tasting the beer and they have a description of what the beer should taste like according to their style guidelines. And they say, this one most fits the style guidelines, so this one wins gold. Um, so. We have it's like an acting competition. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. What the fuck? The rules. Yeah. yeah. Rules for that? It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it does get a bit weird. Um, and you sometimes don't know why you didn't win or yeah. why somebody else won. Things like that. It's a bit of a crapshoot. so objective <laughs> yeah. when it's taste. Like, yep. Uh, I, our last episode, we tasted um, this whiskey and we read the flavor notes on it. And every single note, we were like, nope. I don't get this at all. Like... You know, it's delicious whiskey, but why did an AI generate these terms? Right. Like, uh, I, I feel like sometimes with beer, you could just have an AI just generate beer yeah. beer flavor words, and I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Yeah, there's like this really big disconnection because you know, as a brewer with 
a company that has a very robust sensory program. Mm -hmm. I taste our beer pretty much every day with the goal being, is this the style and are there any flaws in it? Yeah. And most people, 99% of people who drink beer have no idea. And so it's, it's something that is a struggle with all of these new breweries coming up too, that there are a lot of off flavors in beer, but the mm -hmm. consumer doesn't really notice. And so they're very successful. And it's, uh, it's like, what is really important? Cause I am classically trained to pick apart beer, mm -hmm. just like these judges. Yeah. And it, does it matter? I don't know. It matters to you. Yeah. It's it very much matters to yeah. me, but the, the consumer, the people who are buying beer, uh, don't really notice. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I don't have the like beer palette or the vocabulary to really dissect, uh, dissect the beer flavors that I'm tasting, but I always know when something's wrong, mm -hmm. you know, when something is like too much of one thing or sure. not enough of another thing. So what do you taste in a, in a beer that makes you feel like it's off? I think there's, there's a couple of big ones that you see in a lot of very small breweries. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really great small brewers mm -hmm. that are coming up too. But uh, I taste a lot of what's called acetaldehyde. Okay. It's a um, indicator of poor fermentation. Okay. Or not going through the right steps during fermentation. It smells a little bit like a Sharpie marker okay. and a Granny Smith apple. Okay, so like very uh, chemical oxidizing, but sort of like solventy. Yeah, solventy. I would say. Okay. Yeah, and then there's another one called uh, diacetyl, which is also a fermentation problem, um, and it tastes like and smells like buttered popcorn. Okay. So like movie theater popcorn. I've definitely tasted that in beer. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's it's a big problem, and it's uh, it's actually something. It smells like that because it was chemically produced for a long time. Okay. And put on popcorn until they realized that people that were working in these factories for five, 10 years were dying. Like mesothelioma and stuff like that. It was something really specific with the okay. lungs where if yeah. you're breathing in diacetyl, I mean, if it's in your beer, it's not a problem. Right. It's not going to kill you. It but just tastes and smells gross. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you think that they just put notes of buttery popcorn yeah. in the like, I mean, in the flavor profile. To be honest, I've seen it. Oh, really? Yes. They like, kind of taste like popcorn. I wonder uh -huh. what that's about. Yeah. Just put it on the list. And, and you know, Ooh, so for me, it's it's uh, do the brewers not know? Are they mm -hmm. ignorant or do they not care? And I don't really know which one's worse. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I think we're... don't care is worse. Yeah. Because if you don't know, you know, you do better yeah. when you learn. It's, yeah, but... it's got to be worse. But we're in a bit of a renaissance here in this country where we're figuring out um, what quality beer means to us and what our styles really are. You know, Germany has its lagers. Um, the British have their milds. Mm -hmm. Belgians have their wit beer and their goose and lambic. Um, U.S., we have our IPAs. So mm -hmm. we've... We've uh, kind of cornered the market on mm -hmm. that one. Yeah, we've done that and everybody wants to do it now, but uh, we don't have this hundreds of years of history where we've decided like we make really good beer. And so we're just kind of figuring ourselves out and I'm one really thing, excited to see where it goes. One thing I've been so happy about with the whole uh, revolution over the last two decades with these small breweries is uh, it feels like America started where everybody brewed their beer. You know what I mean? You made the beer you wanted to make. You did your best. There were small breweries that mm -hmm. served small communities. And then we factoried it. You know, we did the Industrial Revolution to it like we did everything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And mass-produced anything is good and efficient, but it's never going to be the quality. And I love how it's now, like, seemed to recoalesce into these tiny little breweries where everybody can, you can find the beer that you like. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you can brew the beer that you like. 
Um, okay, well, that's great. Uh, I don't have anything else. Jack, can you think of anything else? I was going to say uh, that given that Casey is our expert and her experience with Nancy Drew is video game based mm -hmm. and that I know that you're a gamer like I am, mm -hmm. like point and click mysteries. If, if you want to ask some questions about sure, your feelings about point and click adventure and mystery games. you ever play games. any Telltale games? Yeah, I've played a couple of them. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I, uh, I personally am a really uh, competitive gamer. Yeah, it doesn't lend itself well to the competitive mindset. <laughs> so I, I would love to see like a uh, like a video game competition, like a, a like a Dota two competition, mm -hmm. but that's literally like who can tear through this murder she wrote point and click <laughs> game or this CSI Miami point and click computer game the uh -huh. fastest, dude. But yeah. it seems like all you'd have to do is memorize it. Sure, yeah. I, I watch speedruns. Yeah, sometimes absolutely. it's really cool. You'd wanna you'd wanna like randomize it where mm -hmm. like they wouldn't even know, and you'd be like, hey, it's this point and click Seinfeld video game that you didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they can't have played it before. No, they can't have uh, played it before. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much, Josh. Sure. The Hardy Boys Drink Book Podcast is produced by Jack and Charles Butso. It is a part of their network. Our music is provided by Danny Overby. Special thanks to Casey Dallavalli, Joshua Rapp at Avery Brewing Company, and Taylor Trask for letting me use his wonderful studio for the last year. Make sure to listen to the other shows on their network, and keep checking back for more of our signature sleuthing.